When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everyone? Welcome back to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. It's been a minute, the summer of change here in Rip City, and we've got a lot to talk about. Damian Lillard's future, what is up with that? The draft, free agency, and could a big trade be on the way? Neil, we're talking to you. Let's start the show. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3 on 3 Blazers. My name is Orlando, joined as always by Jared Cowley. And guess who's back in the house? Nate Hansen making a guest appearance here on the show. Guys, first and foremost, it is so good to be back and to see you guys as we do this socially distant on Zoom. It's been a minute, so we've got a lot to talk about. Jared, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Can't complain. It's really nice to have Nate back with us see his uh his happy face you know i don't know if we're gonna stay happy talking about the blazers but he's got a big smile on his face right now what's up nate how you been man dude i got a big smile on my face i've been texting and begging you guys for months here to let me come back onto the podcast and i just i usually get ghosted and then finally for some reason this go around I got a response down, from all of you. <laughs> yeah, wore you down. Exactly. My strategy paid off and, and I'm here and we got a lot to talk about. So I'm, I'm thrilled to jump back in for one more episode with you guys. Lots of hot takes on, on the uh, text thread. So now you have your chance to, to spit that fire that we've known you to do throughout this podcast. But there's also a, a big announcement here. You know, uh, it's tough to say goodbye to the one and only Max Barr, who's Heading on to do big things. Um, so, yeah, uh, Max, we just wanted to say we appreciate you, man. It's been an awesome run, brother, and we're wishing you all the best in, in your future. Um, not only going to miss you on, on the podcast with, with the new gig you've got, but also going to miss hooping with you, man, with the uh, Trailblazers three-on-three basketball tournament that, that they run almost every year. Um, Max is, is a bucket. He is a walking bucket. I don't know how we replace him on the KGW team, but going to miss you, man. Nah, you can't replace Max. No, we're definitely going to miss, miss you, Max. Uh, I really loved just chatting hoops with you. I mean, for the past you know, five years since we started working together, um, you had a great knowledge of the NBA, and you always challenged me with that knowledge. And just with your level-headed takes about the NBA and about the Blazers, um, I – we did invite Max and he just wasn't able to make it, unfortunately, for this episode. Um, you know, we wanted to make sure he got a proper goodbye. But he said uh, he communicated to me, make sure to relay that I was grateful to talk Blazers with you guys. And I really hope the listeners enjoyed Rip It. And I think that, you know, Max really took Rip It, which was just an idea we had a couple of years ago and, and ran with it, really made that game uh, super fun. And, you know, we're definitely going to miss Max. He's, he's awesome. I'm really happy for him. I think the, the path he's going down now for his career is exciting. And uh, I, I wish him all the best, but we're definitely going to miss him. 
lots of good laughs on Rip It for sure between, you know, the three of us here as well. Nate, we've had some memorable moments doing Rip It, man. Man, that's what I want to thank Max for is for inventing Rip It so I can rip on Jared for pretty much all basketball season for not winning. I was listening while I was not on the podcast last couple of months, and I believe fans won more times than Jared did. So that was fantastic. <laughs> thank you, Max, for coming up with that wonderful game. And Max, as you guys said, already said, he's a great guy and super knowledgeable about basketball, and he's definitely moving on to, to really great things. Yeah, I'm hopeful in the future at some point we'll get him on in a guest role at some point and maybe bring back a, a Rip It episode or something like that. Okay. Um, so we're going to miss you, brother. Can't wait to, to get you on the podcast in the future. And uh, just because Max is heading out does not mean we're, we're going anywhere. Uh, Jared and I will continue to do this podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. We've got some, some plans in the making, so make sure to continue to ride with us. We've appreciated everyone who has joined us over the past few years, left those positive reviews, and ultimately subscribed to the podcast. Um, you don't know how much that means to us to, to be able to do this. We appreciate you. Thank you so much uh, for the continued support and for sharing it and letting other people know and participating and, and messaging us and all those DMs and stuff that we get. Um, it really does mean a lot, and we are so excited to, to continue to do this because it is a lot of fun to do this podcast. So, guys, let's segue. Three questions, three answers. Jared put together some good ones. We've got a lot of ground to cover over the next 30 to 45 minutes. So let's get down to business. And there's no other place that we have to start besides the letter of O. The number one thing that Rip City is dealing with right now is Damian Lillard and the future of Dame time in Rip City. So outside of, you know, the Bucks championship run, arguably the biggest offseason storyline in the NBA has been Dame's future. Do you think Lillard is still on the Blazers roster at the start of the season? And then as, as a follow-up to that, guys, a lot of NBA experts believe Lillard isn't traded this offseason. He'll ask out if the Blazers don't contend for a championship next season. If all that is true, should the Blazers entertain trading Lillard now? All things considered. Jared, do you want to start this thing off, man? Yeah, let's start. I mean, since we recorded last, there's just been so many reports about Damian Lillard and his future. So I'm going to try and make a very long story short and try and recap every single report uh, in just a few points here. I think that what we can agree on, what we know to be true about the Damian Lillard situation in Portland right now is that one, he was extremely unhappy with the way last season ended, as were many of us. Two, he is considering leaving the Blazers but he has not made a firm decision at this point. And three, he's probably going to wait until after the Olympics are over to see what the roster looks like a little further into the off season. And then he'll make a decision about whether he wants to run it back another year in Portland and give this team one more chance, or if he's ready to ask for a trade. Do you guys think that about sums it up? Yep. Yep. yep that, right. That's what, that's what we're hearing, Jared. Now, now tell <laughs> us what, now tell us what you think. I feel you're just buying time here before you come in with some heat. Well, let's, let's start with uh, the question is he, do we think he's going to be with the Blazers at the start of next season? Is he going to make it through this off season? Um, I think I'm going to say yes. I think it's a close one for me, honestly, but I do feel he's definitely considering leaving the Blazers, but I also think that part of what he's done this off season is he's, he's being much more vocal, he's much more out there than he has before about this stuff. And I think part of his aim there is to put pressure on Neil O'Shea to actually do something. 
I think he's willing to give the Blazers maybe one more chance as long as he sees that some moves, important moves, are made this offseason. I think if he was going to ask to be traded, I think he'd, he'd already have done so. I think that already would have happened. And I don't think we have reporting out there that, that indicates that that has happened to this point. I also think if he was planning to leave, he wouldn't be involved as things in Portland as he is you know, naming coaching candidates he'd like to see with the Blazers, speaking publicly about the urgency ex he expects from Olshay this season. So I do think he's going to run it back one more time. That said, it wouldn't surprise me at all if when he comes back from Tokyo, if the roster hasn't undergone the kind of change, the obvious change that he wants to see, that he asks for a trade. I think I lean towards him staying, but it's like 55-45 for me right now. So I'm going to say yes, but definitely not super confident uh, in that answer man jared welcome welcome to my side of thinking <laughs> over here man. I've, that, as i've listened over the last couple of months you know it's almost only eight months ago that jared said the blazers were going to be the two seed in the west and dame was going to be the mvp of the league that was oh, only eight I, months why ago do you think i've come over to your you know way of thinking i definitely noticed that like after you left the podcast every time we record i was like man i sound more and more like nate every day but I think it's because of the expectations I had and what I believed about this team erroneously that has led me to this point where I just I don't have any confidence anymore in, in this franchise. And, and you shouldn't have any confidence anymore in this franchise over what's <laughs> happened over the last couple of months. So I'm glad I'm glad you're feeling you're you're on my way of thinking here. Is Damian Lillard going to be on the Blazers at the start of the season? They've, it's been two months since the Blazers have played a basketball game about since they've been eliminated from the playoffs. And it seems the further away we get from that last game, game six against Denver, the more likely it is Damian Lillard will not be on the team next year. And Jared, I think, said the key point is Dame's going to give him a chance here at the beginning of this offseason to see if there's any change with this roster. And we're going to get into this later on. But if you're a person who does not believe that the people running this team are willing to take the risks that will be associated with making major changes this offseason, then you're probably going to see pretty close to the same roster, at least the same starting five, returning to the Blazers next year. And if that's the case, Dame has already told us that's not good enough. He's told us multiple times. What we ended with last year was not good enough. We got beat by a team with Compazzo and Austin Rivers as their starting backcourt. We got beat by those guys. Our roster's not good enough. So if you come back with the same, if the Blazers still have the same starting five, two, three weeks from now, Dame's 31. Like he's not here to waste any more years. He's at least three years into his prime. So what? He's got maybe two to three more left of peak Lillard and he's not going to be here wasting it. The question is, if the roster is the same, do the Blazers, are the Blazers able to move him for a deal they like if he asks out before the season starts or has it happened sometime in the middle of the season, like what we saw from James Harden last year? And I think the situation is probably more likely that it happens during the season. So my answer is going to be yes. Damian Lillard starts the season with the Blazers, but I think there's going to be a dark cloud over the franchise still at that point. And I would be, I would be right now, if you ask me today, July 28th, I would be surprised personally if he finished next season with the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, I love that, man. Um, I'm of the standpoint that 
I know uh, Jared is is headed towards the dark side. Um, I have not gone that direction yet. Uh, I, I have, I think without a doubt, Damian Lillard will start the season with the Trailblazers. Um, I don't think it's as realistic as maybe some want it to be that, that he, he won't be here when the season starts. So with that said, I'm like 80-20, maybe even 90-10 on Damian Lillard. Wow. He, he, will, he will start the season with the Trailblazers. And Jared, I do think you that you're that right. Much confidence in Neil O'Shea? No, this has to do more with Damian Lillard. So you don't, even uh, if like O'Shea doesn't make the moves that he needs to make, you think that Dame will be like, I'm cool, I'm going to stick it out? I think, I think the question becomes more of what Nate's point is, mm. is will he be here at the end of the season? Yeah. Because, yeah, I think Dame is going to give this an honest, I'm going to give you all the time you need to make this happen this season. Um, and to your point, Jared, that you mentioned, putting the pressure on the front office publicly is very important. He's now laid the groundwork on, here's what I want, and if this doesn't happen, then I'm out. I'm at least giving the fans, the city, the place that I love to be, a heads up, like, this is what has to happen. And so he's laid down the foundation for an exit strategy. So let's see, let's see where, where we go from here. Because, yeah, I, Nate, you're right. The, the, the odds on, the, the most likely scenario is that there is no big change. There's no big trade that comes that improves this roster to the point where you believe that they are a championship contender. Where you're looking at the, the roster, you're starting five, and you're saying, oh, man, you know what? This team can go up against the Lakers, Clippers, Suns out of the Western Conference. They can represent this conference. They can contend against the Milwaukee Bucks or – you know, insert name in the Eastern conference. So I think that's where I'm at. That's where I'm paying attention is he's going to start the season with the trailblazers. He's going to give it his all. And, you know, would, would trading Lillard now be a good idea? I mean, if you're looking for a player that's going to maximize what you can get from him, isn't Dame the guy on the roster? Like, I know this is still wild to even think about going back to eight months ago when Jared was picking him as the two seed, where we all believed that this was a, a playoff team that based on the right matchup could make a, a respectable run. And now here we are where we're thinking this could be a Herschel Walker type trade going back to the Dallas Cowboys day where you get rid of your, your top guys and bring back just a ton of draft picks and you start all over. Now, more than ever, you're like, well, dang, if we're going to lose Dame, we might as well maximize what we can get out of him versus letting our all-star walk out the door like Rip City saw not too long ago with LaMarcus. So that's where we're at right now. Like, I, I think Dame will be here when the season starts. Man, Orlando, I still can't believe 98, 90, 10. Yeah, that's, so that's where we're at right now, man. Oh we may, you may you, we may look back on this, and Nate, you may, you may just flame my take. I'm, on, I'm on gonna I'm gonna be listening season. to a future podcast in like five months when Dame's traded, <laughs> and be thinking about Orlando said half a year ago, ninety ten for this. <laughs> Mid season though, that's where I'm intrigued, man. Yeah, Mid season. I, 
and I, that's where I lean to is in the middle of the season, because I feel if it was going to happen in the off season, it probably the best chance of it happening would be before the draft. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to happen clearly before the draft, the drafts tomorrow, Dame's in Japan focused on team USA stuff. And he wants to see, as you guys have said, he's giving Neil Olshay one last shot at this, this off season to improve this roster, to get it to a championship level to the second part of the question though, which is basically should the Blazers just preemptively trade Dame before he actually <laughs> asks for a trade since it seems since the direction is leaning towards he's eventually going to ask out of Portland, whether that's three weeks from now, three months from now, a year from now, it's leaning that direction. He's going to ask out Portland. So should the Blazers knowing this is probably coming, just make start, start making trades now, start acting on that Intel now. And logically, if you were to take a motion, human connection, what matters to a community, if you were to able to set all that aside and you were just like a robot computer, yeah, the Blazers mm-hmm. are in perfect position right now to blow this thing up. If you were just look on paper and be like, tell someone this NBA team has been eliminated in the first round four of the last five years of the playoffs. They made one run to the Western Conference Finals, but they weren't really competitive in it. And they have, for the most part, the same core that they've had all five years. And clearly, the best player says it's not good enough to win a championship. What do you think, you know, an objective fan would say or anyone? They'd be like, well, that team should probably just blow it up, restart, rebuild, and give it another try and see what happens over the next couple of years and see where they are five years from now. And that's, that's where the Blazers are. But you just can't do it preemptively. You just, you just can't. Because Damian Lillard is the best player in franchise mm-hmm. history. He's still one of the 10 best players in the NBA. He's the most popular person still in all of Portland, even though he's basically given three warnings this offseason that he's probably going to leave the team in the city sometime soon. He's still the most popular person in Portland. And if you're the Blazers, you know, sometimes, you know, just we talk about Neil Olshay needing to take a risk. Holding on to Dame for as long as you can is a risk because I think the best time where you could get the most trade value out of him would probably be right now when he's at the peak of his powers and has four years on a new contract. But you just, you, in terms of having Dame on the roster, you got to roll the dice and just right. stick it with him for as long as you can because that rebuild's coming, whether that's coming, you know, three months from now or 15 months from now, that rebuild is coming. It's in the rear view. It's coming up fast, but you just, you got to give it a chance with Damian Lillard just because of all the other stuff that he brings to this franchise in the city. You just, you got to, you just got to take the chance and hope you catch lightning in a bottle. Chauncey Billups is a savior uh, coach, savior coach for them. And, you know, maybe they get lucky and there are some injuries next season. You know, we already know the Clippers are probably going to be without Kawhi. Uh, and maybe they get lucky and the team does improve dramatically in a way we don't see coming. And like I said, lightning strikes in a bottle and you get to the Western conference finals, not likely, but you, that you just got to continue to gamble with it until Dame forces your hand. Yeah. Uh, Nate, I'm with you on that. Prefacing that with, you know, trading Dame, uh, you've got to ride with him. Like Dame is, is the guy, you know, like, I don't think he should, but to your, to your point, the one that I was making earlier is just that, if you are going to do it, like this makes sense in terms of maximizing a player's value, but yeah, I'm with you. Don't do it, but I could see it happening. Jerry, your thoughts, man. 
No, I agree with Nate. I mean, I think that Dame is a top 10 player in the NBA. And if you think about the Blazers history, they've had what, three of those in their 50 plus years of yeah. the franchise, Walton Drexler and now Dame. And you don't trade a top 10 player unless he demands a trade. Now, mm-hmm. if Dame asks to be traded, then you grant that request and you go all in on the rebuild and you maximize that value. But until Dame asks to be traded, I mean, what's the worst case scenario? You know, best case scenario is Dame comes back. Like Nate said, something miraculous happens. They make it to the Western Conference Finals. They make it to the NBA Finals. And the world is wonderful. Worst case scenario is it doesn't work out. They struggle to start the season. Dame's like, I'm done with this. I'm out of here. And I don't think his trade value diminishes that much, you know, if he's traded next season, you know, in the first half of the season, or even if he makes it through an entire season next year and he's trading, he has three years left on his deal instead of four. I still think he has massive trade value barring an unfortunate injury or something like that. And even then, I mean, we've seen the value that, you know, players like Kevin Durant and stuff have, even after big injuries, they're still getting, you know, signed to max deals and free agency. Kawhi Leonard's going to get a max, you know, extension this, this season and he's hurt. So I think that just, the risk of trading Dame and you know a top ten player, you just you can't do that. Um, but yeah, if he if he asks for a trade, then maximize that value right now. Then do it, you know, and really commit to that rebuild. But don't do that unless he demands it. Yeah, because I mean, a Lillard trade would have just huge ripple effects across the entire NBA. Like this is one of those trades that automatically could turn a team into a a championship team and put another one in the dweller. Um, Like it has that type of impact. So it makes sense why Lillard is the biggest storyline outside of the Milwaukee Bucks winning it all. So this story isn't going to go anywhere. We're going to be talking about Lillard on, on future podcasts. So let us know what you think. Hit us up on social media. You can find us on Twitter, of course, and give us your take on all of this because Lillard, is not going anywhere. Let him enjoy Japan right now. They, they just want a game. He's shooting well again. You know, <laughs> let him enjoy the next few days because when he gets back, he's got a lot to deal with uh, here in Portland. So let's move on from the Lillard topic. Tomorrow is the NBA draft. Free agency begins Monday. Do you expect Neil Olshay to make any big moves on draft night? And in free agency, what would you like to see the Blazers do to improve the roster? Uh, can we just answer the, the first? Yeah. yeah, let's start with the draft. And I, uh, was the question was any big moves for the draft? Was that the was that the phrasing of that question? Big moves? You you can go anywhere you want with that, but yes, the <laughs> well, phrasing was big moves. Oh man, that's that's a that's an easy no, and we can move yeah, on from uh, we can move on from that one because the Blazers, uh, there's no reason for them to make a big move in the draft unless it somehow they're involved in like a multi-team deal that gets them a guy who can help them now. Like, you know, going to Damian Lillard and being like, Hey, we traded into the second round or traded into the late first round and got this 20 year old guy who's not ready to contribute. Dame's like, cool. He'll be great when I'm not here in four years. Uh, so no, they're not going to do anything big around the draft. The, the reports are they might try to get into the second round to, you know, get a player, which is basically get a cheap player on a cheap contract, a young player on a cheap contract, I think is the reason you would do that. If you're the Portland trailblazers and you're trying to save as much money as you are this upcoming season, because you're probably going to go into the luxury tax. And so that's a way to get a cheap player, fill a roster spot there in terms of free agency. I mean, it all starts with Norman Powell, right? Like if you have to bring him back 
And he's not, he's not going to make you a championship contender. We saw that last year, but you, if, if Norman Powell's gone, this offseason is dead on arrival and Dame is gone. If Norman Powell doesn't resign because you lose that player and you can't don't really have a way because of how they're limited financially of replacing him with a player of even Norman Powell's caliber and Norman Powell is what a four or five on a championship team. He's not, he can't be one of your three best players on championship team. And you can't even get that level of player if he happened to walk just because of how they're limited. And so to me, it all starts with, you got to get the first domino and you've got to get Norman Powell back in Portland. Cause I think that it can at least stabilize things. And we saw they're really good offensively with Norman Powell on the team and also bringing Norman Powell back opens up even more the possibility of trading CJ McCollum this off season. If that's, if that's something the Blazers can actually do and get some value back this off season. Yeah, Nate's right. Um, I don't see a, a big trade on draft night tomorrow. Um, I mean, there was a report, and whether you believe the report or not, I don't, but that, you know, teams had offered a top four pick for C.J. McCollum. And the reason the Blazers, you know, according to this report, the Blazers weren't interested in that because that doesn't really fit Dame's timeline, doesn't really make sense. The only way I could see that maybe making sense is, like, if Nate said, if that's part of a bigger deal. The Blazers are acquiring something like that that has a lot of value that might be something that, you know, another team wants, you know, more than CJ McCollum and are are using that to get the kind of player that would make, you know, Dame more interested in staying in Portland. Um, I do think that that's unlikely. So I think that Nate's right. I think that you're looking at, I mean, the Blazers are probably going to get into the second round. I'm sure they'll get a second round pick. I'd like them to, if they do that, focus on a defensive wing. That's what you always need. You know, you need more defensive wings, guys who can uh, have some length and can switch, you know, in on defense. Uh, there's a guy, Herbert Jones from Alabama. I think that if they do get into the second round, I'd really like someone like that. He's a six, eight wing. He's a very good defensive player, kind of limited offensively, but in the second round, you, you're not getting someone perfect. But I think if they are going to get into the second round, then they should look for some kind of defensive specialist. And in free agency, after Norman Powell, obviously he is everything. But I do think that I'd like them to focus on defense and free agency too. I'll do respect to Ennis Cantor and Carmelo Anthony, but I don't want defensive challenge players getting heavy rotation minutes anymore. I thought last year that their offensive excellence would help the bench outscore other bench units, even when they were getting torched defensively, but I misread it completely. That did not happen. It didn't work out well. So I'd like for them to look for more well-rounded players who can defend and play within an offense, but the Blazers don't have a lot to work with. You know, they're going to have maybe the taxpayer taxpayer mid-level exception, which is about $6 million annually. But I think if you can maybe get a player like Otto Porter Jr., you know, you know, a wing who can defend and, and hit three when he's, when he can stay healthy, if you could then, you know, use a minimum to get some center depth like Robin Lopez or Tony Bradley, JaVale McGee, something like that. That's kind of what you need to look for with the very, very limited options you have in free agency. But none of that looks good. The draft and free agency for the Blazers is really doesn't look like it's, there's going to be anything there that's probably going to, 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 to put this, you know, franchise in a different direction than the way they're headed right now. But you know, I, I still think they have to make smart moves, which I don't think they've always done in the past. So they have to change that too. Shout out to uh, 
Robin Lopez, man. Saw him at the mall the other day at the Washington Square Mall in Beaverton. <laughs> and he had his dog with him at the Apple Store, like big giant poodle. I mean, just just chilling, man. So I thought that was awesome. A man of the people. So uh, a fan favorite that I'm sure Portland would love to, to have back in a, a Trailblazers yeah. uniform. But yeah, man, I mean, Nate's joking about the big moves, but he's really not joking about the big moves because, I mean, what's the track record like for Neil Olshea? What's, what's the track record like for this Trailblazers front office when it comes to, to making big moves that can change the outlook of a team like that in one fair swoop? I mean, let's, let's check Paul George. Let's check James Harden. Let's check, I mean, just go down the list. Of, of players that were allegedly on, on the market that the Blazers were in the mix for or couldn't swing for a home run because that's what they need. And Neil O'Shea has to be creative here. We know that they, they don't have any draft picks going into this draft. We don't want to see them really get draft picks in this draft, at least if you're Damian Lillard, because <laughs> like Nate said, you're picking up players he's not going to be around to even play with. Why does he care about the development of these second round picks if they end up going in, in the second round? Like, Unless Neil is getting creative and somehow is involved in multiple, you know, team deal to, to bring in a, a better player. Um, that's the only way I'm interested in seeing the Blazers involved uh, in the draft in, in 24 hours or so. So as, as it stands, the track record with Neil O'Shea right now is that, no, he, he hasn't been able to make that big move, that take that big risk uh, that has made this team significantly better. He's had some nice deals. He's turned this team into a good team, but now we've reached the point where that's not going to cut it anymore. And so I have a feeling Damian Lillard could be a little triggered by the way that things are going right now. So it doesn't look good. And, you know, I've been optimistic for a lot of this, but uh, when it comes for, when it comes to the off season, when it comes to the draft right now, I just, it's hard to be optimistic when the history is there to indicate that, nah, this, this probably isn't going to happen in terms of making that big risky move that makes this team a, a championship contender. So, so after this conversation we just had about draft and free agency, you know, the Blazers really can't do, doesn't seem like much outside of re-signing Norman Powell. Orlando, are you still on the 90-10 thing with Dame to start, here? Yes, to, to start the year, yes. My concern, is, like Dame's going to give this a fair shot. Dame is going to give him, and when you get to the, the, the middle of the season and Neil still hasn't lined up that, that trade, that brings in a player that's going to make this team better, that's when the frustration is going to come in. And then, the you know, if, if Dame makes it through the midway point and we get to the trade deadline and you get to the end of the year and they're knocked out in the first round of the playoffs or even the second round, that's when, that, that's when it's going down. Like, that, me personally, that's when I, I'm like, all right, the Dame era in Portland is over, if that happens. I just wonder if, you know, Dame comes back from Tokyo – Norm Powell is signed somewhere else. The Blazers mm-hmm. haven't been able to find any, you know, trade that Neil O'Shea likes or CJ McCollum. You're, you know, trying to sell Dame on Otto Porter Jr. and Robin Lopez and, you know, some second round pick. Then maybe that frustration happens as soon as he gets back from Tokyo and he says, let's go. You know? It's possible. Because it's, it's, I, is anything going to happen? You know, is anything big actually going to happen? Are we going to see... Ben Simmons in Portland? Are we going to get a Pascal Siakam coming to Portland? I mean, I, those are the names that are out there right now. And I don't, I don't know. At this point right now, I don't see that happening. And so I just, 
It's certainly not going to happen. This is the big picture. It's not going to happen in the draft or free agency this offseason for the Blazers. If they're going to make the big moves that Damian Lillard wants, it's going to be through trade. So while the draft and free agency is exciting, uh, that's not where the Blazers are going to be making the quote-unquote potential big move that you might see this offseason. It's going to be during a trade. And I just also want to point out, I don't know how many three-on-three Blazers podcasts there have been, but this is probably like the 12th one Jared's pined after Otto Porter Jr. to get him <laughs> oh, on the Blazers. I, this I'm has so, been I'm going on since like, year, this has been going on since like year one for Jared. And much like Neil Shea, I have my favorite players that I always come back to. <laughs> and and now now he wants to bring, now he wants the Otto Porter back on the Blazers. Maybe you'll finally get him here, Jared. But the, those names, in terms of those free agencies, the mid-level exception, you know, Jason Quick had some names in his article, you know, Nick Batum, Tony Snell, Alex Burks. I mean, Bobby Portis just won a championship, but he was out of the rotation for the most part for a lot of that run. Reggie Bullock, Otto Porter Jr., Torrey Craig, like these are guys who are who are window dressing. You know, these are your these are your last guys in the rotation in the playoffs. These aren't these aren't guys who are going to ultimately probably make a difference for you. And so it's going to have to be during the trade. Not you're not going to get in the draft and you're not going to get in free agency outside of re-signing Norman Powell. Yep. Yep. Trade. That's just it. Like that is their avenue to get better. And everyone else knows it. So when Portland has a deal that they would like to put on the table, other teams understand that. And so that urgent like that's probably the worst thing that could happen to Neil is having Dame go public with all this because now it is out there. The understanding is there. And so it is very difficult to get prime value on a player like CJ McCollum. It is going to be very difficult. And, I, and for someone like Neil who, you know, finds those bargain deals and turns them into good things, it's going to be hard for him to let go of a player and he's not going to get maximum value on that. And so, Jared, I know I jumped the gun on on question three and just started going big picture and everything. Nate got us all fired up, but I want to get your take on on the big picture as well, Jared, because um, I I felt like you were reserving, you were holding off for question three. So I want to hear what what you have to say. So the question three was um, offseason as a whole, big picture. It's evident that the Blazers are going to be a championship contender like Lillard wants. Big changes are necessary. The status quo won't cut it anymore. So do you think that Neil O'Shea is capable of making big risky moves necessary to put the Blazers in championship contention? No, I don't think he's shown any at any point during his tenure in Portland that he can or that he's willing to. Um, For one thing, I think that he's already kind of laying the groundwork. If you read that piece by Jason Quick in The Athletic, trying to prepare Blazers fans for the likelihood that He's just going to run back the same core with maybe a few changes on the bench. And to me, and I'm sure to many Blazers fans, and you saw that on social media, that's super disappointing and it's not enough, but there's really no reason to believe this roster, which is lost in the first round four of the past five seasons is suddenly going to flip the switch. It seems like everyone can see that except for Neil O'Shea. So I don't have any confidence in O'Shea's ability to build a championship roster. He's dropped the ball too many times during his time at Portland for me to believe that suddenly when the pressure's on that he can do it now. He screwed up 2016 free agency. He screwed up the 2017 draft. His hits have been far less frequent than his misses and some of his misses have been absolutely crippling. I think he's jeopardized his ability to even have the right assets now to make a really groundbreaking change. 
because he's overpaid his good players and held on them to them for too long. He hasn't drafted well in key spots, and he's been unwilling in the past to go all in and throw draft picks in to really, you know, make those big moves. And maybe he tries that this summer, but I don't now I don't know if he has the pieces. I think CJ McCollum's trade value is as low as it's been in years because of his age, his contract, his poor, poor performance in this year's playoffs. I think Yusuf Nurkic and Robert Covington have some value, but not a lot. You know, Covington is what he is, and Nurkic's trade value is depressed because of his injury history and the fact that he only has one year left on his contract. So that means the team trading for him has to want to pay him a larger salary and a larger contract after next season. I don't think Portland's young guys like Anthony Simons or Nasir Little have very much trade value at all. Portland has its first round picks going forward and they can trade them after tomorrow's draft, but I still think they're in a, a tough spot. They just don't really have the kind of pieces to make a major trade. And I think that the only way to keep Dame in Portland and make him happy is to make that really big trade. And I just don't think it can happen. I don't think it's possible. And that sucks because that means that we're looking at the end of a, a really special player in Portland, a really special era uh, with Damian Lillard. And, and unless Neil Shea surprises all of us and is able to do something that he's been unable or unwilling to do up to this point, I, I think that this is the beginning of the end and that's, not fun, but I think that's the reality of the situation. You know, I, I would love to zag here. Uh, you know, I, I love always countering Jared, but there's, I don't, there, I don't know how you can have any confidence and say, yes, I believe Olshay is the man for this job. He's the one who can elevate this team from a good playoff team. Like they've been, they're a good team. They still are yeah. a good team, but to that doesn't matter anymore. The star player says, once, yeah. yeah, the star player says, okay, we've been good for long enough. We now need to be elite championship level. And so that's the mandate from the star player. And Jared, Jared sums it up, right? They've Neil Olshay has put himself and this team into a spot where, I mean, honestly, their best chance at success in terms of just winning games probably is just running this roster back. Yes. But that doesn't mean it's the right move um, because we know, you know, that's the definition of insanity. We've seen it over and over again, and we know what the result's going to be. And so now he's put himself into a position where if he wants to make a major move, he's going to have to trade CJ McCollum for a player or multiple players who aren't as good, but just bet on fit and chemistry or take a real gamble on a person on a player who's injury prone maybe has some upside hasn't reached their potential or is injury prone that's where neil O'Shea has put himself now is he actually going to do it i still don't think he's going to do that i that, i don't think that's his i don't think that's how he operates because if you make that trade he looks at it on paper and sees well that's a loss why would i do that cj mccollum's better than the this guy or the combination of these players that we're getting back why am i going to do that the, the the answer should be because you have no other choice. You just have to roll the dice and do something different and hope it's good enough for the star player to buy some time to play with this new group of players and then see what happens after that. Because if you hold them together, which it sounds like is based on reporting, sounds like where Noel Shea is kind of hedging right now or leaning towards, you know, okay, you may win 50 games again this upcoming season. You may be the four or the five seed again. Who knows? You may even win a first round series. I don't think so. But who knows? You may even do that. But you're not a championship contender. And you didn't make that jump. Damian Lillard, 
wants you to make. The, the big problem is in this whole rebuild is they screwed up the last rebuild because the Blazers overperformed after the season after Aldridge left. The Blazers went 44 and 38, got the five seed and went to the second round of the playoffs because Chris Paul and Blake Griffin got hurt for the Clippers. And Neil Olshay in the summer of 2016 went Ooh. all in on that team. In the 12 months that followed that season where that team overperformed and got somewhere in the playoffs where they should have never been, set this up to essentially kind of fail in what we see today. Let's go real quickly. I just want to go through those 12 months. Oh, you're, you're not going to do it, are you? Oh, Just want to no, do I it. I want to. I want to wallow in the misery, please. <laughs> so so after, after they went 44 and 38, surprise five seed get to the second round. This is what they did the summer after it. They, in the draft, they drafted Jake Lehman in the second round. Okay, good second round pick, developed into something. But then you traded him three years later for a guy named Bojan Dublovich, who never, I don't even think, played, definitely never played for the Blazers. I don't even think he came to the United States. Um, they signed Evan Turner, as we know, four years, $70 million. Big, big mistake. Trade for Shabazz Napier. Okay, that's a nice Marshall move. Signed Festus Azili. Remember that one? That was yeah. two-year, $15 million right there. Never played a game for the Blazers. Re-upped Myers Leonard, four years, 40. Re-upped Alan Crabb, four years, 75. Re-upped Moore Harkless, four years, 40. You hear all those names. Does that sound like a team that can build a championship roster? It's not. And that's the one time during since Aldridge left where the Blazers had all this free agency cap space where they, and they had a lot of different options in terms of what they could do. They had a ton of flexibility and they chose to use their assets on Evan Turner, Shabazz Napier, Festus Zilli, Myers Leonard, Alan Crabb, Maurice Harkless. They bought into that CJ McCollum could be the second best player on a team, on a championship team. And so they weren't looking for second best players alongside Dane necessarily. They're looking to fill a roster around, those two as the two best players. And so that's where he got himself into trouble. You bet on CJ being the second best player and Dame to a, to a certain extent did as well. And we've now know CJ just can't, he's not going to be your second best player on a championship team. And they, when they had the flexibility to make big moves, they sped up that rebuild when they weren't ready yet. And they spent money on guys who weren't good enough and then the 2017 draft followed that, and we know how that went. You had three first-round picks. You end up with Zach Collins and Caleb Swanigan, who uh, neither has contributed to the Blazers on the court over the last couple of seasons. So in terms of where Neil Olshay crippled himself, that's where it happened along this whole process. That's where he had the opportunity to go make big moves, make sweeping changes to this roster. And even then, he sided with the guys who he had already seen in-house. So do I think he's going to do anything different to bring it back present day over the next month? No way. No way. It's not in his DNA. He should, even if it doesn't, in your mind, make the team better. You got to take the gamble, but I have no confidence he's going to do it. Man, uh, as frustrating as that summer of 2016 is, and like it is well documented on this podcast, just how, how many times we've gone down that dark path. I am still, I still feel like the worst thing he did was that was the draft. Um, you know, and I know that part of the draft is there's a lot of gamble involved. You don't really know what you got, but to move up to get Zach Collins and then to follow that up with the Caleb Swanigan pick, um, that was my big setback with Olshay's decision-making. If he hits in that draft, 
um, the outlook on this team could have been so, so much different, but you're right, Nate. And I, I think the, the bottom line with what you're saying too, is if, if Dame does go, then everything, everyone's got to go. Neil's got to go because you don't want him rebuilding this team with whatever assets you get or whatever's left, whatever the, the rubble is when, when Dame is gone, everything has to change around Portland around this organization. Like it's gotta be a, a totally different rebuild and it, and it, that includes uh, the decision makers as well. So yeah, if, if, and when we get to that point with, with Dame and that's what makes me think like that, that's what I really think back to is how long has Dame been having these conversations with the front office? How, how often was Dame saying, Neil, we need to do more. Why aren't we doing this? Or, or was Dame just laying back in the cut? And just saying, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to mix, you know, talking about trading my friends um, with you. You just handle it and I'll do my job of, of playing basketball. How much blame is there to go around to get to this point with that? Because I am really interested. I would love to have been a, a fly on the wall with those conversations uh, that go back the past couple of seasons. And regardless, I mean doesn't really matter in the long term where Damian Lillard was on that, whether he was involved in, in the general manager's ear or not. It's the general manager's job to yep. make these moves, regardless of whether his, the star player is prodding him one way or another. And the Blazers, you know, after LaMarcus left, Damian's talked about that. It doesn't feel like a rebuild because they made the playoffs and they made the second round of the playoffs the year after. But that Dame has referred to as the second rebuild in his career. The first one, mm -hmm. of course, when he first got to Portland. So that was supposed to be a rebuild and they overachieved. And the general manager made crucial errors through free agency that following summer. And then the draft after that, which is what you alluded to, Orlando, those next 12 months were, I mean, Neil, it's just Neil brutal, Shays, man. Neil O'Shea's had a bad couple of months here over the last two months, but those 12 months are absolutely awful. And I think it's, it's why we've talked for the last couple of years, why the Blazers are so stuck in having to make a trade to essentially get a number two level type player to Portland. And even then, Neil Olshay, I think up until this year, believes CJ McCollum could be the number two on a championship team. I think he still believes that. I don't think he's off of that belief. I think that he has an unrealistic view of, of what CJ McCollum is because he drafted him. And I think that that's when, been a, a huge downfall. You can talk about 2016, you can talk about the 2017 draft, but holding on to CJ McCollum with the belief that CJ McCollum was a max level all-star player, which is the way Olshay sees him, has also hurt the Blazers. When Paul George was available, I think if the Blazers had been willing to include CJ McCollum in that trade, instead of saying, take these three first round picks, anyone on the roster that's not Dame, CJ, or Nurk, I think Paul George would have been in Portland. But mm. Neil Shea has never been willing to do anything like that. And I think that, and then after they made the Western Conference Finals, which was awesome and super fun, but also, you know, they had some luck getting there. I think that he overreacted again, you know, signing CJ McCollum to an extension that was unnecessary. And now because of that, I think the biggest reason CJ McCollum's trade value is as low as it seems to be is because of that contract. Oh, agreed. Agreed so, wholeheartedly. Just... You look back at like Neil O'Shea's tenure, how can Dame have any confidence at all that he's putting this pressure on Neil O'Shea that O'Shea's going to be able to get the job done? Why has Dame, 
And I know Dame doesn't operate like this, but why hasn't he taken some of that clout he has in that organization or that I believe he, he must have in that organization to send Neil out the door? If he really feels that changes need to be made that Neil Shea has never been able to make, then why is Neil Shea still sitting in that seat instead of someone else? That, uh, that's, why, and that, that's why I want to know about that conversation. What happened yeah. a year ago? What happened two years ago? What Who do we need to blame for this? Like, yes, a weeks ago or two week, a week ago, whenever that was. And and it, uh, when you talk about that, that gets into a bigger discussion of ownership. I mean, because that could be yeah. your simple answer yeah. on why Neil Olshay is still here. The uh, ownership who, right now is also a mess. Yeah. Yeah, his ownership has said, "Well, we this guy's under contract for a long time, so yeah. and we're gonna have to pay him." So. He's staying, you know, we don't, we, and we don't know where ownership stands on any of this. And so that, that again, it just, oh man, I'm sorry to bring you guys down. But it's just, I do blame you. It's a hard conversation that it's uh, need to happen because this Blazers franchise has not been in this level of disarray in a long time. And we can't sugarcoat it. We can't like, you know, try to make it seem like it's better than it is. Like you have to tell the truth about what the is going on here in Portland right now. And I, I think that that's important. I think that's what, you know, that's the job of, of media. That's the job of fans is to, to be realistic about the situation. And, and yeah, I just. Shout, shout out to my guy, to my guy, Ben Golliver of the Washington Post, Beaverton Zone, um, because that was something that he brought up right out of the gate was ownership and the role that Jody has in all of this and getting to this point, because yeah, as we play the blame game when, you know, or if things blow up, like that's, that's where we have to start with. And I'm really interested in, in all of that um, from the top because it's just a trickle down effect. Well, and that's, that's the thing that's actually kind of caught me off by off guard a little bit over the last couple of months is I think over the last, at least since the, during the Dame Terry era and Neil to an extent, is I thought this franchise was pretty well run, you know, yeah. it was a pretty squeaky clean, well-run franchise. And now all of a sudden the last couple of months we see, I, I don't know when the change happened. If it did happen in the last couple of months where everything just turned into a mess. Um, I'm not sure when that transition happened, but we always thought well-run organization, one of the better run organizations in the league. And now we're just, we just think the entire thing is a mess, which is again, just, Oh, this all brings you back to Lillard. Because yeah. if if there's no way he's not having these thoughts, everyone else who's in, who cares about the Blazers is having. There's no way he's not, and he's involved, and he knows way more details than any of us will ever know. And mm-hmm. so, what impact will that have on his decision to stay or leave Portland whenever he decides to make that decision? Um, and and just we, just ahead. as like a, a a media person. Like that's been one of the good things. One of the things that they've been really good at was being very tight lipped about anything in house. Like stuff doesn't get out um, with them over the past few years under this era. And now it's like, we've got so many different reports that come out that have sources say that have this or that, that say, you know, someone within management has been saying this and that, like, we're not used to that here. And that's what adds to this whole mess is now, you know, Damian Lillard has, has given us a little more than we're used to. And so now we're getting a peek into what's going down on the inside. It's just, 
man, I'm, I'm glad to be back to at least vent with you guys on, on this part of it all. But man, it's, it's, they're in a tough position right now. And yeah. so, and they've put themselves in this position and we'll see what Dame decides. And then we'll see what Neil does over the next couple of weeks to see if he can kind of salvage this relationship and buy some time for his star player. Cause no one in Portland wants to see Damian Lillard go. I don't think Damian Lillard wants to leave Portland. I think the situation could just end up lending itself to that, uh, to that end. But there's a lot, as you guys said, there's a lot, there's a lot that's going to happen over the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks and a lot. And what happens over the next couple of weeks, I think could ultimately decide at least if Damian Lillard's here for the start of the season or not. To be continued. Jared, any final words before we end this podcast? Uh, I mean, since the season ended, the few podcasts we've had, I've definitely been more negative about the team and more negative about Neil O'Shea and all that than ever before. Um, and that's earned. But I do hope that Neil O'Shea proves us, proves us all wrong. You know, now's the time. You, you have the pressure of potentially losing a top 10 NBA player and a player that many consider the best player in franchise history. And if you are unable to get this done, then that's going to be your legacy. Neil O'Shea's legacy will be wasting Damian Lillard's career in Portland and ushering him out the door. And so I hope he can avoid that. I hope he can prove us wrong. But um, until I see something that gives me reason to believe that that's going to be a, a realistic scenario, then I'm going to remain pessimistic about about this. And And frankly, the reason I'm so upset is because Damian Lillard is that player. He is that you know, transcendent player that you see once every decade or two decades uh, in in a a place like Portland. And if, if that's wasted and he doesn't get to finish his career in Portland, like he wanted to because of the mistakes of ownership and the mistakes of the front office, then they deserve all of the criticism that they, that, that will come their way. And I guess that's all I have to say about it. Boom. That's a perfect place to end this podcast because it's a topic that's going to continue to keep on giving. Nicely done, guys. It was good to catch up with you. Jared Cowley, Nate Hanson, I'm Orlando Sanchez. Thank you so much for rocking with the pod. We will catch you on the next one. Take care, everyone. Take care.